blinding sun, deceptive moon, and consuming shadows, many secrets are held beyond the sight of humanity. Wondrous and dangerous, the mysteries of Deerston leave no one unchanged. A bold crew of players are pleased to welcome you into that perilous liminality between the mundane, the unknown, and the unknowable. Whispers from Beyond is a mage the Awakening Chronicle following the journey of Emily Tao, played by Craig. I'm Bill, and I will be your storyteller for this dive into the mysteries of Deerston. In retrospect, I should have put more uh, points in the crafts if I knew I'd be using them this much. Consider it an angle for character growth in the future. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I think a lot of people are like, oh, they're with any advancements they get, they're always into like buy up the powers and like skills. That's where it's at. Those are the things you get, you have to roll all the time. Very true. And especially with things like this. Um, there are a lot of opportunities for different skills to add to different kinds of magic roles, actually. If you learn stuff called roots later on, you get to use your skills basically as something potentially to add to your dice roll for particular spells. Yeah. I'm not like BSing things too much, am I? No, no. Okay. I, I, I kind of figured major supposed to just like just do things so i'm just doing things that is very true and frankly you are in the place where just doing can be done things will be a little different from that afterwards oh, yeah. I, I i feel like uh whatever weird spot i'm in like i'm i just had success after success after success like real world emily's gonna be like she's gonna be fucked <laughs> Maybe, but another way of looking at it is, sure, you've had a lot of successes, but you've also had some failures in some of these dice rolls. Yeah. I, I just feel like she'll be, she'll be less confident in the real world, or maybe, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. We will. All right. Are we ready to rejoin her? Awesome. The staircase... Of this room does indeed lead upwards and outwards, and you feel as though you are able to exit from some kind of a vast and intricately created palace of which you only saw a couple rooms hidden beneath the surface, and you once again are outside. When Emily was outside in the very beginning, she saw a couple individual graves here and there. And everything was clouded with mists for her. These mists are effectively gone now. Yes, there is still darkness here, but the darkness no longer hides things from you. The darkness is on your side, if you could put it that way. And you realize that this place is like a great and vast plain, stretching outward beyond comprehension, filled with countless graves each of which has its own torch. And these graves are not all of one shape. They are of many shapes. There are cenotaphs, and which suggests that there are graves that no longer are occupied by any body. There are obelisks, crude stone markers, barrows, 
simple stone and wooden crosses. There are those plaques that you, I'm forgetting the word for, that you will often see in different Chinese and Japanese shrines that are carved with the names of ancestors. There are pyramids somewhere out in the far distance and more. Every shape which man has ever used to remember death, it's out there. Everything that anyone has deliberately done to honor or properly put away the body of one who has passed is there. There are wide circular towers, which you can see are literally covered with concentric rings of corpses. There are other forms of sky burial as well beyond those. The wooden structures with leather skins between them that have been put out by the various Native American and Tibetan people actually as well. I think Emily's eyes kind of like rest on one that's like a simple pair of worn desert boots with like a upside down assault rifle with a helmet on top of it and just like kind of shivers a little bit upon seeing it. That's right. Yeah. And as you turn around and make a bit of a circuit, you can see that you came out of what could have been a proper shrine from somewhere in Southeast Asia, wooden carved pagodas, or not pagodas, on those arches that cover the entrance. This is like you just walked the path from a temple, but that temple was also a, a grave at the same time. The one you entered through is not the one you exited from. Death unites us all. What are her thoughts? I mean, it's a lot. Um, I guess, like, what's utmost in our mind is, like, if these are all more grave markers, just think of all the ones that can't be seen or are covered by these other ones. Ones that are just, like, shallow holes or, like, uh, vast water expanse. As you think about water, you realize that this place indeed does have rivers. You ran into one below the ground, and there are more rivers above it. You have a feeling that these waters are the waters of death. However, they do not feel inviting, even to you, even now. And they are heading downhill somewhere. In the great bowl of this place, they are heading downhill and uphill. It's against their flow. You follow with your eyes where they go. Yeah. As you look down further, you realize that more of these combined, there are occasional bridges across them. And in the center of this cosmically vast space, the water pours all into a great hole, a circular one, almost like a quarry dug down to find the center of the earth but far, far straighter, like a mine shaft at the same time. And into this hole, from above, you see an inverted tower coming down from the infinite, untouchable sky. Small lights glow in its windows, and at the bottom of it, near the hole, is a great flame burning downwards within a glass or crystal dome 
a lighthouse reaching down from the heavens and a bridge, a thin from this distance bridge, reaches across to connect to a walkway around where that light shines forth, that infinite light. I think Emily is going to follow the path because a lighthouse, if it is a lighthouse, it's, it's a beacon and it's not something that you would associate with someone's death always. It's something that's supposed to warn you of danger or like help you when you're lost. So I think she's going to head towards it. All right. The road is still rocky, but the rocks smooth themselves at your touch. You could feel the texture of them before, even though you left no mark behind. Now you can feel that their texture as you walk towards it is becoming comfortable, the texture, and then reverting to what it was before as you pass. Do you examine anything or do you keep walking? I'm intrigued by this idea of comfort being a texture. And I think I need to poke it. You're able to work the stone here like it was clay very easily. It just shapes itself to your hand and then kind of springs back when you're done. I feel like I, I should, re I, sh I need to remember this for later for when that like terrible bed that I'm sleeping in isn't right. Maybe I can remember this and do something about that. And she just stores that in the back of her mind for later. As you continue onward, you reach a, what you had thought initially was a marker, but as a statue, but in fact looks very much like the statue of a man made of highly polished marble. Veins of metal flow through him, not unlike your own circulatory system, and it looks up at you. Oh God, you can move. It nods to you and says, thank you for recognizing my divinity. I give like a half uneasy smile and just kind of like nod a little bit because I don't want to like take that back because like, you know, when someone asks if you're a god, you say yes sort of thing. And I don't want to offend this entity. Student, what have you learned? Tell me what you've learned of the world. Of these things, he gestures towards the stones, the rivers. He gestures towards physical objects. I don't feel like there's one right answer to that. But there is your answer. And then I start saying, well, the truth of the matter is, and then I stopped, stop and think, truth and matter, and I suppose death and life. He nods somewhat, as though waiting for you to continue. You notice as you say these words, you don't say them the way that you would have with your language before, but you say them holding a great many meanings at once and able to choose what these meanings of these symbols you invoke almost are. There's a choice and malleability of this place, and I think of all places. And I could, I could change some things, and I think some other things changed me. There's another nod. 
I I think I learned that the way is forward, and looking back is darkness, ignorance, uh, deception, falsehood. It's it's confusing if you keep going backwards, but it's it can also be confusing if you look too far ahead and don't understand it yet. Then I'm thinking about the chalk and the 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 patterns and the tapestries and the the ferryman and amanda and this labyrinth that i've been journeying through and i think i realized that i've always known the way thinking back to these thoughts of reincarnation and these things these elements that are a part of me and these other entities that are echoes and like reveries and like darknesses and lights that that also make up part of me and i part of it the statue the golem the being the transcendent entity before you however you would like to express it smiles you and says calmly you are learning you realize that acheron also is this that thing you were looking at a supernal being, a being of the essence of matter, but also of other parts of the essence of existence. It holds up a piece of stone, not the same kind of stone it is made of, but another. And then the stone crumbles to dirt. And then the dirt moves forth the flower, and the flower wilts and crumbles back into dirt, and the whole thing compresses into a rock. It smiles. It hands you that rock. These things are all indeed connected. I take the rock and I put it next to the inside pocket where I've been collecting all these treasures in my journey. The the, the lipstick, the the two other uh, Aperon or the coins, yeah, the, the Aperon coins. Yeah, it says to you, the student may progress. And though you did not realize it was standing somewhat in your path before, it moves to the side of the road, and the road before you has opened again. I I filled my sight with as much as I can of this being, because I feel that if I, once I pass it, and if I turn around, I will somehow, somehow fail some sort of test, and I got to remember what this feels and looks like. So I just take a second to take it in, and then I progress. You feel like in doing so, you do in fact pass some kind of test. A voice in the back of your head whispers to you that Orpheus was not able to turn back for Eurydice, but had to continue onwards. And the path leads downwards, and the road grows wider. There are fences along it now, almost symbolic walls, more than literal ones directing you in the correct direct point, much like the curbs on the edge of a road in the city, almost. And it goes downwards. What do you do? What do you think? What does it call out to you with? I feel like these are either almost decorative or just like guidelines. And if I wanted to, I could hop them and fall into nothingness. But it's like... They're not there to stop me. They're there to give me gentle reminders as I'm on my journey. Because, I mean, 
like analogy could you could walk into traffic nothing's going to stop you but it's not necessarily a good idea to not uh obey the signs when you see them continue forward and you see a man that reminds you very much of the ferryman he stands at a crossroads yeah another crossroads where more than one of these paths merge he looks at you i see you found your way well I think someone left the door open for me, and I give my half smile. It's always good to have a couple friends here and there. You've what learned about, a lot about endings and beginnings, haven't you? Tell me about them. Oh, they're pretty much the same thing. And I kind of smile dryly. And being. Tell me about being. Being is a much harder concept. What has beingness? What is beingness? It tends to be the permanent thing between the beginnings and endings. Are you a being? Well, I think therefore I am, and I kind of do a half-hearted chuckle. He gestures, the dirt is being, the stone is being, the sky is being. Can a thought be? Can an idea be? Can a storm be? Can a hunt be? You're speaking of forms now. I'm speaking of things behind forms. These are harder to grasp, but grasp them someday you may need. Is there a trick to it? Much learning, and perhaps a guide who specializes in the correct things. Can they be? What is their essence? Is the being kind of waiting for an answer from me? Very much, with the patience of the grave. I'm going to stop and consider a little bit. Can they be? Well, I've had some first-hand practice shaping thoughts into reality. So I think if you try hard enough, they can. you can make things be. I suppose that might do, he says, cocking his head sideways slightly. If his even works, you're not sure completely on whether or not these things you've been speaking to have gender or you're imagining them to have gender. I think I think this Johnny Harvest has more gender uh, more like what I like what Emily would consider like personality than that great granite being that she, she just passed. I don't know like the granite being see, like you know responded to like her exclamation um and said, okay, I am divine, but that didn't seem like a personification as much as this figure. It may also be that it's an idea easier for you to project on in some ways, too. In places like this, it's very hard to figure out whether you see things because they are, or you see things because that is how you can interpret them. Yeah, and I think... um Emily starts thinking about like Amanda and how real she seemed and how different she seemed after the processing and like herself, how like she's and her great, great grandmother, how these beings had like some personality to them and they're much easier for Che to understand than the, the stone divine thing that might have been a whatever an orpheus is 
but like I feel like this Johnny Harvest figure is somewhere in the middle, like has just enough uh, personality and something in its construct that she can at least personify it better than like some of the other ideas, like the idea of thought and the forms, like they were a bit more basic and I don't know, like, I think this Johnny is more of a, like a, a middle ground, whereas like the, some of the other things are more alien or more universal ideas. And I think she's thinking about all these things um, when, when like considering the questions, but doesn't quite know how to put them into words. It seems to focus on you for a bit longer and says, you will find that these questions will follow you around for some time as though responding to your thoughts as much as your speech looks at you further. It will be hard to answer them without those who are touched by the spirit and you can hear spirit has a capital s and has more depth to it but that is the way of things it is the concept most distant from here you need not pursue it but if you do you will find great challenge in doing so yet like with all challenges there are rewards are you going on then? Well, I suppose it'd be silly to just go back or stay here. I think so. Well, you can have a laugh anyway if you need, and then be on your way. Sorry, have a what? Laugh anyway if you need, and then be on your way. I don't understand. Look, you. Saints and madmen often laugh in the face of death. Well, he chuckles to himself. Which are you then? I smile. Oh, I'm the face. And you, you hear to yourself the word specter in your head and realize that that is the other category of supernal being tied to this realm. Those who are tied most closely to the concept of death, but also tied to other concepts as well. And I like, like mouth the word face and like, like, and it feels sort of like, uh, like, Aperon or Nargent when I first learned them and like it feels like you said spirit and like it's a proper name almost and it's I feel like this is like like another aspect of it I think that's a fair way of putting it the specter steps off the crossroads or the crossroads allow you a path around the specter depending on how you view it and you can continue downwards if you wish. What is next? Next, you must become more than what you are. And I think I like have like a puzzled um, look on my face and just walk by, thinking what that what that could mean. All right. The path leads further inwards, and even though it's clearer. You can feel some kind of a resistance with your footsteps. It's as though with every step, you pick up some additional kind of weight or force that you're carrying with you. Is it like from all parts of me, um, not just my feet, but like my arms as well? Yes. You feel in certain senses like 
if you were a shadow of the being you could be, that shadow is slowly condensing into reality. I feel like if I like, is it almost like trying to move through like jello or something? At first, like through water, then like through jello. And then it continues to feel like you're moving through something even thicker. Well, Emily has one dots in academics and knows if you're in an avalanche situation, your best bet is to get on top of it and start doing a swing motion. So she's going to try to do that. Oddly, that does not behave the way you expect it to. The mass is coming from within you, not from around you. But as you start doing that and trying to use the mass in your favor, you feel as though instead of reducing the mass of yourself, you're gaining more strength. The resistance is still there, but your ability to counter the resistance increases through your recognition of it. Well, he did say I have to become something more than myself. I'm going to keep doing it. All right. At first, it feels like you're trying to swim. Then it feels more like it shifts almost more to dance. It goes through more phases than just that as you continue onwards. You feel as though you are pulling yourself along great invisible ropes, that you are climbing a mountain like you are speaking the path into existence before you and the path recognizes you because of that and then you find yourself suddenly not knowing how you cross the distance at that great bridge leading to the tower and the bridge which looked so narrow from far away and spindly is a massive stone bridge which arches upwards and downwards as though fighting gravity in both directions because while there is a great pit below the tower seems to have a gravity coming from the opposite way upward would it be too much hubris to try to make the bridge like flatten out in a way that's easier for me to cross well i was just discussing the way that the supports on the bridge looked the supports on the bridge, you know how a bridge will have the archway supporting it on the bottom? There's an archway below and an archway above. But the bridge itself is a flat surface across it, too. Because just like many stone arches that you've seen in the past, they're supporting the sides of the bridge, not the center. Does that make sense? Mm, yes. What do you do? I need to get to the lighthouse, so can it be as simple as walking? I'm going to try that. All right. You step one foot across onto the bridge, and then another. Up and down cease to have distinctions. You can feel yourself walking on a bridge towards the bottom of a lighthouse, stretching infinitely upwards into the sky. You can feel yourself walking on the top of a bridge, crossing to the top of a lighthouse, reaching down into infinite depths below where the actual ground is. You feel like you're walking on both sides of a Mobius strip, but doesn't the Mobius strip only have one side? Am I feeling nauseous? No, but where you are here, you don't have inner ears in the normal sense. You don't feel nauseous in the kind of way that you could get sick to your stomach, but it is in certain ways dizzying. It reaches into some part of your mind that hadn't been paying complete attention and forces it to stretch 
even more, just like it did when you applied pressure from within to continue moving against the great, really growing weight and deep mass of your own being. I think it's sort of like when you're sleeping and you start dreaming and then you start falling in your dream or tumbling in your dream. Like you're not moving, but like everything moves in all weird directions. And I'm just trying to keep my feet in contact with the ground during it. I think that's a fair way to put it. You step across the bridge. The light is blindingly bright nearly contained within this globe, this candle-like sphere in front of you. Does the tower lead upwards to the sky or downwards to the earth now? What does your perception say? Remember, MC Escher could be comfortable here, so it is how you view it. I think somewhere in that Mobius strip of a walkway, I'm now walking down to it rather than over to it as it was perched like a stalactite. Stalactite, but now yep. it's more of like it's more of a stalagmite. Stalag, stalag, mite per mound type for the other yeah, way, yeah. And, but now I'm kind of coming down towards it on the path. I think there was some sort of twist that maybe I didn't perceive, and I, I think the lighthouse is light side up now, right side up now. All right, you realize that around the outside, this great crystal shell around the flame. The flame which burns with the colors of an alien rainbow, but is also pure. There is a door to the inside of that crystal shell. And along the shell, there are steps that lead down into the lighthouse itself. Well, oddly, I don't think everybody's afraid of the light because she's clothed in it, literally. So I think she's going to just go right through it. All right. The light actually does not burn you on those steps going downwards, but it is close. You can feel heat for the first time here. And it's not the normal kind of heat, but the radiation of some other form of energy. You can feel it, feel it filling your being to the brim, empowering you almost. And then you're within the stone structure itself, suddenly below the height of the flame, who burns upon a wick that you cannot see, it's simply, boom, you're gone. You're past it. The transition is missing, invisible to you. And you can see on each and every brick of these large stone bricks that make up this place, what looks like a different name carved. You cannot read these names, but there are names. And then there's one without a name on it. I'm feeling probably similar to how I did when I first got to that first mausoleum with Amanda and recognized the the Master Mason's work and these blocks probably remind me of like seamless and they're touching but now that I know how and where to look I see the seams and I'm gonna go touch the block without a name your own name appears on it. Your birth name, your true name, the name that you had and recognized as yourself from the instance that you were first called it. You are now awakened. You now have a point of gnosis. You now have a point of death and a point of matter. And which of those two called to you more strongly than the other? 
Because you have a second point in one of those two. Yeah. So I, th I think matter felt easier. However, death was more personified. So I'm going to go with uh, death two. All right. With the first point in each of those, you have the ability to use mage sight in them, which lets you see the tr underlying truth of reality to make it simpler and the symbolism that makes up things. When you look at things with matter, you can tell what those are made of. You can see the chemical compounds effectively. You know their nature. When you look at death, you can tell the health of things. You can tell whether it is or is not alive. And the second dot of death allows you to do more than that. Without using a spell, you have the ability to look into what's called twilight, the edge of reality where ghosts dwell. Normally, if you only had one point in death, that would require active magic to do. But because you have a second point, it's a thing called an attainment. Your body can do so on its own, and doing so does not provoke potential paradox for you in the future. Your first thought in each of them lets you try and counter magics done with them. And you no longer have integrity, you have wisdom, and it is set to eight. You also have a full maximum pool of mana, except that you have a special temporary kind of mana called Numina, which you have 10 points of. This is going to give you resistance paradox for a while until it goes away when you get back into the real world. It's a beautiful side effect of awakening. And as your name sinks in there, you do gain that obsession to learn that we talked about from before. And would you like to say what your obsession is? Yeah, I think I think Emily is very curious about I think Emily's very curious about all these different types of beings that um she's been encountering in this world. And I think like what's the difference between like a ghost versus soul versus an echo versus a form, whatever these constructs and entities are. And I think she's very curious about like what they all are because like you don't want to she didn't she's like doesn't know if like one's just like a, a chump and one's like something that could really wreck her day so I, that that seems like a very uh healthy thing to be obsessed about things that can really wreck your day and through this all this experience you also gained one additional regular experience point sorry two additional regular experiences that you can spend now and immediately which would let you buy either two points of merit or one additional point in a skill. These aren't multiplicative, so it's not based on what a skill goes to. You can save it for later as well. I feel like it almost has to be crafts. All right. So the other thing you could have bought, for example, is some kind of a physical merit from your body changing. Like you could have bought the additional striking looks, or you could have bought a point of destiny as a background, for example, or put a second point into mentor that you hadn't realized you were going to have in advance, and a third. Oh, maybe I do want to save this. You have two experience points. Merits are one experience point per dot. Skills are two experience points per dot. 
We're going to leave them on for a moment and let you think about it for now. And the last thing you get is you get one additional dot in a resistance trait. Usually Moros are composure, but you could choose another one if you think it fits better what you've just done. Honestly, I was thinking composure because a lot of really trippy things happened and Emily's default was to just like kind of go with it. Awesome. That puts Emily's composure up to four, gives you an additional point of permanent willpower. You have a seven willpower. You are truly impressive in this sense. You have a will of iron. So did I, in any of this, gain any willpower back because I was down at one? You regain a full willpower pool. You have all of your health boxes healed. You are in perfect shape. You have went through a literal transformational life-changing experience. So I'm in this place and I'm just like for a couple at, seconds longer, not very couple, much longer. A couple seconds longer. I have a few room for thoughts. I open my eyes and see with whatever this new site is that I got. It might be a bad idea, but I do it. Well, technically it starts off as on constantly and then your body starts quickly suppressing it once you get back to reality because it's too much to handle it's that much information basically well if i have a few seconds and this is on my my vice is curiosity i'm going to try to take in as much as i can while i still can all right well that's to say yes you see things beyond what mortal eyes normally could comprehend is the best way of putting it. And it fills you with awe and amazement and the desire to more know more and the understanding that now you truly do know more than almost any human being could possibly know. I think Emily is just thinking that like the thought like well my guidance counselor can totally suck it now well you get your last couple seconds there and then you are back in the water it is still cold but you are no longer injured and the water is nowhere near as bad and tough as it had been before and you can see a couple shapes of people you don't recognize actually on the docks or rather the pier there at the edge you can see uh, them looking at you a bit odd a bit worried a bit amazed multiple emotions probably are going through them, and you can feel that with this strange clarity that you were not completely familiar with before but you feel like you have right now this lingering clarity and Sorry, what time Paul. of day is it? It's still night. In fact, you can see what looks like the flashing blue lights further back down the dock where everything had been going before. You can see the crazy cultists maybe 50 or 70 yards away. You realize that you have floated a bit. And these two people looking, it's a, there's a woman and a man. You can't tell their age or anything much beyond that at this moment. You can hear her say, get him out quickly. And the man gestures at you because your sight is still somewhat on. 
you can see that he set, does something that invokes matter and the water moves you. You feel like it pushes you out of itself and along itself. Like surface tension just suddenly grabbed you, wrapped around you, and brings you to the shore. Both of them standing on the edge of the shore reach down with a hand simultaneously as the water kind of brings you up towards them, projecting itself even from your very clothes. Do you take the hands? Uh, I feel like there's a few moments of coughing as this water is forcing itself out of my lungs the way it got in there. And while this person might have control over the water he's not controlling my lungs right now and it's a weird sensation so i think i like i'm fumbling around just trying to like reorientate myself because like i i'm pretty sure i had drowned and I, i'm like grasping at hands and i'm half between like trying to use them to get up and then I, i'm also just like having all this trauma from being chased and then dumped into the water again, forced back into my recent memory. And then I'm not sure if this is like one of those like people who are trying to put like a bug or a crab on me or the, the, the cop. So I have no idea where they are. So like, I think I start taking a hand and then realize where I am, what I'm doing. And I like start to run and then stumble and fall down to the ground again because I haven't got my bearing yet. And now I'm just shivering on the ground, unable to move. The woman says, it's all right. We're awakened also. We've seen the place you've been or places like it. And I'm still panting. I'm like, what? (laughs) Just like still coughing out water. And like, I'm shivering probably more out of shock than out of being wet anymore because this I guess guy just dried me off somehow. Yeah. Yeah. She looks and says, he's got a little left in his lungs. Can you, the man nods and then reaches out and you can feel that last pull of water pulled out of your lungs. It's a very disconcerting sensation. I think I, but you can breathe better. Yeah. I think I gag a few times of the salt content that's still in there. Oh no, no, it all comes out. Oh gosh. Everything but the mucus, everything that was not supposed to be there is pulled out of there. Oh, man, that sounds as bad as it probably was going in, but it's out at least. It, it, it's painful medicine, but it's medicine. I I probably like look up and startled and realize that like this person did this and like maybe everything that I just went through wasn't just a delirious dream or maybe it was. And I'm still dreaming. Maybe this is like the real afterlife. Uh, I'm probably just sitting there like mouth agape. Yeah, you can see better that this is a middle-aged man. You can tell in the darkness who looks like he's definitely gone through a lot. As he looks and he says, I could feel it when you were there. I've been to the Tower of the Lead Coin as well. And, I've seen the shades beyond death. And part of me doesn't believe him because like that was a very like intimate dream that I experienced. I didn't see him there. We all get to go there who have awakened through our path once and only once. And it is how you get to start your feet upon it. And I'm just sitting there like listening to him talk, but not like 
despite having gone through this ordeal, just like not believing, like, yeah, right, or whatever. I'm I'm back here now, and like, I don't know if like one of those people drug me here or, or anything, or if I'm like experiencing some sort of like symptom of lack of oxygen to my brain. But like, I feel like this is like a completely separate experience from like the last eons of journey that I went through. We'll help you, but we can't stay here for too long. We saw we here a bit late, but we saw there's some, you saw the wrongness with the officer over there. All right, Dad. That wrongness is a bit of a cancer on the world, but but you awaken, you're able to escape from the lies that it tells us all. They have it much, much worse. Woman but, like set you. Do you think you can walk? Uh my car, it's just just over there. She nods and she's like, okay, I can take care of that. I want to ask your permission for something first, okay? Can I see how your night has gone? You can tell me about it or I can see, but I prefer it if you just let me see how your night has been. Uh, uh I guess, sure. Will uh, it hurt? No. I'm just going to look between the seconds on the clock. And she says something. And the words make a little sense to you, but they don't seem to have the context you're familiar with. And her eyes glaze over white for a couple seconds. And since you still have your mage site going, you can tell that she is using some kind of a magic that is different from the magic you now have an understanding of. Something that feels, since you're so close to that awakening moment, like she's touching time itself, like she had said. Both of you are? Yes, she says, shaking herself back. You went through a rough night. And unfortunately, the agents of the abyss are aware of your existence. Those bugs, they're a symptom. Something is here that shouldn't be here. And we've been trying to keep it contained. This place is unsafe to awaken the eyes until we can figure out a good way to get rid of it. It's been a battle that's been lasting a century. And frankly, I'm in more danger than you. But they almost killed me. Given that you have passed through death, in your case, they might have killed you briefly, but they didn't infect you. And that's what matters. The moment of your awakening, though, is a dangerous one. Don't even tell me your name. We use pseudonyms frequently. Shadow names. The truth of your name, the name you were born to, the name you identified with first, lets people use their magic upon you from a distance. Our names are that we choose for ourselves are like titles, things to embody frequently. She looks at you straight and says, I am the Oath Keeper. And as she says that, you can hear something of a higher truth in her words. And I will make you a promise if you will make me one in return. I kind of feel like the same feeling I did um, when I would say the word truth in that other place when she talks. Mm -hmm. And I nod my head. I'll give you three boons. And I highly advise you take the suggestion of these three boons from me. And in return, I'll ask three for 
favors that are proportionate to your capabilities. I won't carry a weight beyond you and then ask you to do the same. Does this sound fair? I suppose um, I'm putting a lot of trust in you. She nods. I'd like to offer you three things. Then. The first is that we will help you find a teacher, one who can show you your path. I'll, we will work to introduce you to five prospective ones who have walked the same path as you, each of whom follows a different one of our orders of wisdom and knowledge, different viewpoints, if you will. The second favor is that I will do something to erase the knowledge of how you awakened from anyone else but us three here. That way no one can use its secret to try to hold power over you. And the third one that I'd like to offer you is I can save that woman you brought here. The one who's cooling on the ground a few buildings over. I can save her. Save her? Isn't she already processed? What I will do is I'm going to bring us all backwards to where we were several hours ago. And our choices can be different, but your nature has changed. So even if you don't come here, you are still yourself and you are still awakened. You can drive her somewhere else. If you drive her to the train station, I can make sure that she meets up with a contact of mine in Boston who can protect her rather than her original plan. And that will be two favors because your coming here will have never happened. So none but us will have known about this timeline I'm pinching off. But I will remember. You will. Will she will remember? And I gesture to Amanda's quickly cooling corpse. No, only the three of us. I'm not including anyone else on a spell if I can avoid it. And I certainly don't want a sleeper to remember having existed in the alternate timeline when she died. Think of the trauma you just went through. With all of its frights and falls, the man said, would you wish that on someone else who would not gain your wisdom from it? I think back and I'll actually, while there's many moments of awe, there's like many moments of sheer terror and confusion. And I, I nod. And then I say, well, she did hold the door for me. It's only polite to return the favor. So the woman continues. What I'll do is I will bring all of us back to where we ourselves were when you went to pick her up. And you'll pick her up and you bring her to the train station in Bangor. I'll meet you there instead of having came here. And I'll make sure that we can get her somewhere else she will actually have been saved. Anganor here will help to call several other people and we will get you a meeting with them as soon as we can. We'll let you make the choice of who you want to study with. But we will provide you the options of those who can take students. Not the not obligation between teacher and student is sacred. Do you understand this? And I'm thinking back to what Johnny Harvest was saying and the giant stone person and yeah, a nod. She nods about you. My ways are different than yours. I did not travel to the Tower of the Leaden Coin. 
I traveled to the tower of Lunargent, through the realm that governs time and fate. These things will make sense more to you later as you learn. But know this. This is a great big working for me, but this is the price that I will be paying, not you. She holds out a hand. These three things I offer for three things in the future, fair things that are within your reach, but will not break your moral codes. Do we have a deal? Yeah, uh, that sounds good. Uh, like, I guess if you need a ride somewhere. <laughs> she laughs a little bit. You shake her hand. I, I take it, and I shake it. Good. With her other hand, she reaches out, grabs the man beside her, and says, hold on for a moment. Then she says more words in that other language, that language that seems to be the personification and existence of truth itself. And there's a brief feeling of nausea, of dizziness, and you're back, pulling up in front of Jane Doe's condo. With all of your memories and experiences of the night. I pull down the sun visor and look in the mirror real quick. Do I look any different? Uh, you look like yourself, but you see in your eyes confidence and knowledge that you did not have before. And the palm of your left hand is still much whiter than it was. I look down at my feet. Your shoes are much better than you remember. Yes. The shoes also are something you could buy with those experience points, potentially, as having more categories of excellence than not. <laughs> oh, that's that's very tempting. All right. Um, we can decide that later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I open up my phone, and then I, I look at the, 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 the ping that, um, that Amanda that amanda's or rather jane's at this point her alert has sent and i pull over put my car in park and uh pop the trunk and immediately start um my way over to help her load the suitcase again you remember before her words you don't need me to repeat them how she asks you that you can turn off your phones and bring her over to the Deerston Women's Shelter, that good 45, that good like hour or so south of where you are. Mm -hmm. And emphasizes how much she needs to do this off the radar. She has uh, the cash in her hands. Mm -hmm. I, we're, 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 we're driving and the, the train station that um, Oathkeeper had mentioned. How, where is that in relationship to the shelter? The train station's in Bangor, actually. So you were closer to Bangor, but a little bit southeast of it when you picked her up. Mm -hmm. Deerston is a good, you know, hour and a half-ish south. Uh, sorry, I forgot. There's a real highway in this world, unlike in the one we know. It's closer to only an hour hour south so i'm going in a, like a complete opposite direction it's not like i can yes remember originally she said that she was afraid of taking the train um, what was her reason for taking for not wanting to take it because she didn't want to have to show her id at the counter ah 
that's why I, I was going to take her to the ferry on Sunday. Right. And, and buy you were the ticket use, for her. Yeah. And it's, it's all coming back to me. And she's, she's talking about going to this woman's shelter and, and you know, the danger that awaits her there. Yeah. So I got to convince her somehow. And I'd say, how do I convince her? I think I like this is all going through my head as we're, as we're driving and like, we're, we're having like the same conversation, but like my, you remember you were told by Oathkeeper that she would be able to meet you at the train station. Mm -hmm. And she had a contact in the Boston shelters that she could make sure would keep her safe. Mm -hmm. And when she says, um, she wants to go to the women's shelter. I say the one in Deerston. Yes, that's the one. Um, well, and I almost call her Amanda. Well, Jane, um, I was by there the other day and there is, if you're looking to stay away from the lease, that's not the best place to go. I know a different one though. She looks at you hopeful. You do? Yes. Um, I actually have a friend who works at the train station and I might be able to get you a ticket under my name if that would work for you you can yeah it's i mean if if this guy is really who you say he is and he knows everyone on the force then someone's going to say that a woman fitting your description showed up at a woman's shelter especially with all the activity around there i'm trying to hard to spin this story about like increased police presence near the shelter um I will let you make yourself a good uh, manipulation and persuasion role or manipulation and empathy role. Actually, it's just really is persuasion or subterfuge. Which of the two do you think would fit the way you're spinning this better? Um, I mean, I'm not lying to her. Um, I'm trying to t I'm give her a different course of action, which would work. So that'd be a persuasion? Persuasion, I think. All right, so let's see a manipulation persuasion and you were coached on this a little bit in advance mm -hmm. so i'll give you one extra die for that okay oh no oh no i'm not seeing anything load up here it's no zero successes oh well then she does not look completely convinced by you she's honestly got some doubts uh you have something else you might want to add to this and she'll just say but boston i i don't know anyone in boston it's okay i would you would you believe me if i told you this wasn't the first time that um i had to do something like this and i smile she looks at me and wonders you've done this before yeah with someone a lot like you actually she was in a very similar situation um uh, she and at this point she hasn't even said anything about like the money or, or anything but she she was trying to escape someone um who had friends in powerful places and like the only thing that she could think of was to drain the bank accounts and just go um but you know that that would that sort of thing would get noticed and honestly like the the ferry is not some sort of place where you can just get on they have to go and inspect all the cars and everything it just takes way too long the train 
like by the time they figure you're there, you'll be gone in a different city and they won't know which. I'll let you re-roll this one with two extra dice. Sorry, two extra dice from what I had earlier or two extra dice from my total pool? Um, two extra on your total pool because you're losing one die also for what she, you said, but using more stuff. And if you want, I'll let you toss in the point of willpower or not, obviously. <laughs> I, ca- I got to hold on to this willpower and... I I do have one more trick up my sleeve if one of these six dice fail. Oh, thank God, two successes. All right. She nods. She seems reluctantly convinced that she's willing to try this. I, I try to incorporate as much of her own background without like resorting to like using her full name because that, that was my next idea was just like freak her out. And it's like, no, Amanda, you the, don't the understand. The fact that you could use her background is why I gave you yeah. the three dice with the, the minus one die penalty for the one failure. Yeah, but like, I like I was not going to take her back to this place. No, she does let you bring her there. And like she said, like she promised, Oathkeeper is indeed waiting for you at the train station. If you faked that you texted ahead or anything like that, it would make sense because she's even got a ticket for Boston ready. Yeah, that's a that's a great idea. I'm glad I thought of it. <laughs> and um, you can see her now in better light. She's a middle-aged woman whose reddish hair is streaked with lines of silver. And I I'll go I'll I'll, I'll I park my car and I'm I'm with Amanda right now and I'll I'll go up to um I'll go up to Oathkeeper and say I'm gre- I'm going to greet Oathkeeper. Hey Amanda, this is my friend Jane. I was telling you about. That's perfect, Amanda. her. <laughs> she's like, yeah, you're lucky I was on tonight and able to give you a hand. Yeah, no, thanks again for doing this. Um, it's a lot like the last time. And then I look at Amanda, real Amanda this time and try to like project some empathy onto her situation. She's looks up. She's kind of like in a lost awe amazement kind of moment. And Oathkeeper says, well, like she said, you can call me Amanda. And I made sure I grabbed the ticket in advance for you. She puts it in her hand and just, folds the real Amanda's fingers over it. Look, there's one more train going to Boston tonight. It's the last express run down the coast. Otherwise, we're starting to look at stuff for tomorrow morning. You're going to be a bit tired when you get there. But she hand, she like said, there's a little paper with this, okay? It's got the address of a woman shelter where I have a couple friends who work there. I used to go in those circles myself a little more often if you understand what I mean. And you'll be safe there. They know how to help someone who's had your experiences better than any of the other ones I'm aware of around here. And more importantly, you have distance. And the real Amanda is just nodding. And I I take out a scrap piece of paper and a pen and this this is my number in case, I don't know, you need anything. And I, I give it, I don't know, it's stupid, but, you know, just well, let me know I, you're okay. 
well, I know what I'll put in my new phone when I get one first. And she smiles back at you. Yeah. A little more strength than she had before. And Emily's glad that at least this time around, she didn't have to have a stupid conversation about free phone programs. The two of you lead her to the platform and it's a mostly quiet 15 or 20 minutes until the last train is able to start boarding there. But she helps make sure that her bags get on and Amanda heads off to meet her destiny. And I believe that one more person has just met her destiny tonight. That is where we can call it. Super. Want to find out more about the story? Join our Discord channel. The link is in the description.